Welcome to Veg Out, brought to you by the Toronto Vegetarian Association, aka the TVA. We come to you virtually from our homes and we are heard on CJRU, the Scope, Ryerson's campus and community station. My name is Sweta and I'm vegan and a volunteer with the TVA. And our mission is to inspire people to choose a healthier, greener and more compassionate lifestyle through plant-based eating. I'm joined today by my co-hosts Steve Bako and Anna DeCastro. You may remember Anna from episodes dating a few years back, and we are happy to have her on the podcast team again. And also congratulations on being recently elected to the board. On today's show, we'll be talking about supplements, medications, and vaccines. The COVID vaccine, of course. Now, as we go through the episode today, we urge listeners to keep in mind that no one on this podcast is a medical professional. These things are opinions and should be treated as such. I'm going to turn things over to Steve so that he can give us a little bit of a landscape on this topic. First of all, with supplements, over the years, I've noticed that you get more and more veg-friendly supplements. Uh, The supplement world has been responsive to vegans' needs. Not always, but gradually you get more uh, uh, veg capsules, uh, and and they're well-labeled, so when you're buying the bottle you know that it is a veg capsule and not a gelatin capsule and so on and similarly ingredients are often described uh, not only for the fact that it's calcium but actually the source of the calcium whether it's uh, whether it's coral whether it's sea vegetable whether it's uh, uh, mined or whatever in other worlds uh, bone could be used uh, and obviously we don't want that one thing I've found I've seen a lot of recently is D3. Like it used to be there was just one brand. Now there are three or four brands of vegan D3. So that's yeah. making a... Yeah, yeah, that's an example. There have been a number of changes, in, uh, particularly in the last four or five years. Uh, that The D3 is one example. Also the fact that there are also uh, vegetarian capsules that will handle oily liquids, uh, uh, which some of the well D3 is, but some of the others are too. And uh, uh, if, er, earlier times, oily liquids were always in gelatin capsules, and uh, and that's been a that's a technological breakthrough, I I believe. But uh, at any rate, uh, the supplement industry is somewhat aware of the fact that there are a number of vegans in the in the group, and for good marketing reasons, they do they do consider us. Uh, when you the next step, you look at patent medicines, the medicines that have labels on them and are there like cough syrups and things like that. You can read the ingredients, but you find a lot more medical technolo- technical terms in the ingredients uh, where you don't quite know what that means or what it's derived from. Uh, but when you get into uh, prescribed medications and things that are administered by a medical practitioner like vaccines, you get almost no information. And if you ask for it, you can sometimes get a printout made up by the manufacturer. But again, it's full of medical jargon and not much detail that the average person can understand. Uh, And uh, that's 
mostly what I wanted to focus on eventually, but I think uh, giving that background is important so people understand where we're coming from on this. Vaccines have been talked about a lot lately because of the uh, the pandemic, and uh, not much has been talked about how the vaccines are produced, and uh, and they're the most recent. The things I hear are that they expect there to be a number of them on the market. Uh, I've heard of estimates of as much as two dozen, and that's eventually. And uh, again, what the differences are might not be terribly clear if we don't ask. The differences may be that some of them are vegan and some are not. How do we find how do we find things like that out? I'd, I'd like the information to be more readily available, and I have a feeling, given that that industry isn't normally used to giving it to us. We need a bit of a head start to be asking for these things. But yeah, we can discuss what we know about them in this uh, in this episode and then get into what we can do from here. Okay, Steve, um, I think what you said about it not being readily available, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I tried to do some research last night. Sorry about the background noise, if you can hear it. Um, I tried to do some research last night just on, I was focusing, I think, mainly on vaccines and what we know about vaccines and what's in it. And I did end up finding a wiki page that had a list of all the different vaccines that are out there and the medium they're grown on, as well as the ingredients that they have in them. But I, I can't, I don't understand a lot of the jargon in it. And this is often the case, yeah. right? Is we don't, I don't even recognize the vaccine names in some cases, because it's probably the technical name or the you know, the name that the doctors use. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I did find, which I thought was really interesting in it, I guess because I was specifically looking for vegan vaccines and COVID in particular, that was my focus given, um, you know, the current climate that we're in. And there is a company, Canadian-based company, that they were calling it, they, there was one article that was saying that it was a vegan uh, vaccine, but I think what they're using is just a very different technology for growing a vaccine. And, that, and the technology is they're growing it on plants, which is, and this company, I don't know if you've been following the media, this company has gotten a lot of money from the government to fund their production. So that I feel like that's a step in the positive direction but again I don't know enough about the whole process and I have reached out to them just took the initiative to reach out to them because I figured they're the Canadian they're Canadian based company it's going to be what's available for Canadians um, most likely because the government is funding it now and I wanted to at least sort of send a message to them to let them know I'm vegan and I want to know how are you doing this and are you using other animal products, right? If you're already going this way, well, what else are you doing? So I thought that was a really novel technique. And one of the other, other articles that I uh, ended up reading, and I can't remember the name of the, what magazine it was out of. So that article talked about, oh, it was corporate nights because one of the other concerns is always especially with prescribed medication 
is they're often tested on animals. So one of the things now with the the COVID COVID nineteen vaccine is they're bypassing that, from what I understand. And that company that I was talking about, um, I should probably Medicago um, is the name of the company. They've bypassed animal testing and they did human testing. So volunteers decided they wanted to subject themselves and to having the vaccine. And so they have passed that first initial stage. Um, I should mention that when you're looking at vaccines, there's another element that they add to vaccines and that um, it's called an adjunct and that increases your reaction to the vaccine. So it builds your immune system. Um, And that in particular can some, even though the vaccine might be vegan, you have to also look at if they're adding that to it, is that now vegan sourced, right? So there's Mm -hmm. always all these questions. And then again, I was talking about animal testing and Corporate Knights did an article on animal testing and they really, they, they described animal testing as sort of an older technology that is um, not really being by a lot of scientists isn't really considered to be the most up-to-date way to do it. And I think that it takes a lot of time. Um, there's a huge cost where now they're looking at biotechnology where they regenerate cells, so human cells, or um, and so build artificial tissue from some stem cells that they have. And they do testing on that. All of these things are very questionable, right? Um, Although they're scientific and the long-term effects of this is really unknown. And maybe that's why animal testing takes so long, although I'm not advocating for animal testing by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the the long-term effect of any sort of medication or like even the, the... study groups that were used, the volunteer groups that were used for the initial rounds of the COVID-19 vaccine testing, we don't know what the long-term effects are. That takes years, right? So there's always these questions, but it's, I think it's important to have this discussion because for a number of reasons, there's, you know, sometimes we don't think about it, but also we have to keep in mind that not just in the case of vaccine, vaccines. I would hope that that is a choice for us. Um, But some people have serious medical conditions. They're vegan. They do everything they can and they they still have serious medical conditions and they need medication. And uh, in some cases, there aren't alternatives or the alternatives have really negative side effects and that doesn't work. And I think we have to have a lot of compassion for people in those situations. I just wanted to say that because I have a very close friend really struggled with it herself personally and the, it had very negative consequences on her health which isn't really helpful because if you're not healthy you sure. can't really advocate for everything else that we want right oh exactly and uh, there are also some conditions that affect a lot of people that are uh, necessarily looking at the covid uh, thing uh, uh, th- thinking of tetanus vaccine for example it's a common one people are uh advised to take by medical people when they get in certain accidents and things and uh 
they also tell you that you have 72 hours to make a decision and take it, <laughs> which doesn't give you time to get any, any research, especially if you haven't seen the doctor for the first 12 or 15 hours of the time. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, there are a num number of reasons outside of COVID we need to be looking at generally how the uh, pharmaceutical industry deals with this. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting uh, in one sense in that uh, amongst lawyers, there are a number of, that champion plain language now and, and rewrite things in plain language for people to understand. You particularly notice that in uh, landlord-tenant law and things like that. And we need, we need that kind of a movement in the pharmaceutical industry. I'm not sure how we simulate it, but uh, but I think by asking a lot of questions, we might point some people in that direction. Mm -hmm. Svita or Steve, do either of you know of any groups in particular that their mission is that one in particular? So dealing with the pharmaceutical side of things and the medical health profession, rather than, so there, there are a lot of, I know a lot of medical health profession professionals that advocate for vegan for a vegan diet as a way to eliminate the need for a lot of the medications but in yeah. the cases but are there any groups that really advocate um for more vegan options in 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 the industry i'm not aware of any yeah i i, I think in a sense hope, hopefully out of this we can raise enough questions that some somebody comes forward with that on the other hand it's possible that we just haven't dug deeply enough to find these groups but if if they're buried below the surface that much they need to they need to surface uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. groups like How's that aren't, help, aren't, aren't helpful if none of us ever hear of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i can't imagine the frustration of being in a situation where you need medication and then just not just not like feeling ethically uncomfortable with it. And I mean, I had a friend who I went to the hospital with uh, who got into a bike accident. He uh, was supposed to get the tetanus shot and he was at the hospital and the doctor was like, listen, the chances of you getting tetanus are really slim and the chances, uh, but if you get it, you're going to die, is what he said. Yeah. Oh. And I'm, I'm laughing about it right now because, you know, the friend, like, he got through it. But just like, those are your options, you know? Um, either either do what you feel like is yeah. uh, an ethical compromise or die. And this well, is this is a situation where tetanus is not um, contagious. And I do think there's a difference between saying no to a vaccine that's only going to affect uh, you versus, you know, other people around you. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to say what he ended up doing because I don't think that that's really influencing any, uh, influence anyone. But the point is that that's... That's a really scary slash annoying slash frustrating situation to be in. Yeah, I was in that situation this summer. <laughs> uh, I think it was August. Uh, it, I, it was recommended that I take a tetanus shot. Uh, and, and, and I was told <clears throat> I had to decide within 72 hours. And, uh, uh, and the uh, doctor gave me the, the <clears throat> printed material that the manufacturer had put out. But it was a little too far, too full of jargon for me, and, and but and, that's all you could come up with. Yeah, and that's and, produced uh, by the manufacturer too, right? So I'm I always kind of question the 
Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's produced by the manufacturer, although I think they assume that only the uh, physician's going to read it anyway. Okay. <laughs> but but for that reason, it's full of medical jargon that's not aimed at the consumer either. Um, and it was very frustrating. And uh, 72 hours to decide means you don't have a lot of time to research it. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's not a pleasant spot to be in. And we need we need to do better on that. With the COVID thing, we have more time ahead of us. But it could be when this unrolls, they'll say of those two dozen vaccines available in Canada, only five of them will be available in Toronto. And maybe certain demographic groups will be focused with some of them. Uh, in other words, they, they want to make those decisions for you because it's more efficient from their point of view for, for them not to give us choices. It might mm -hmm. even be an availability thing, you know, that certain vaccines, just getting the volume of vaccines to vaccinate the world is yep. probably not something that one company can do. So, okay, this company produces this many, this company produces this many, and you just get whichever thing you end up in and how that gets decided, who knows? Sure, mm -hmm. and one of them is uh, purported to require being transported and stored at a temperature of minus 70. So if you set up to carry that one, where others might just require refrigeration or some require freezing, but not that deep of freezing, people might not have the equipment within one particular medical facilities or drugstore to carry all of them. And they may not give you many choices. It'd be good to figure out how to get into which queue and get the right queue to get the vegan one, if there's, if there's one vegan one we know of in the market. But I think we're gonna have to start now in order to know by a year from now. <laughs> uh -huh. the, the point that you're making, Steve, though, I, I didn't even think about that. And I'm sure a lot of vegans haven't. Like, we just think, oh, there's a vegan vaccine, assuming there is one. There's a vegan vaccine, so I'm just gonna take that COVID vaccine. But that COVID vaccine might not be available to you or in your area or something around that. Uh, and I just never considered that. Yeah, but there might be something we can do about that if we have enough lead time. And that's part of why I'm trying to raise this ahead of time. Mm -hmm. As I read these things in, in the newspapers and so on, or in the, uh, in the news media, sorry, uh, little questions like this keep coming up. And I, uh, I don't know how they all will work, be worked out. Uh, the fact that uh, both Ontario and, and the federal government have put military people in charge <laughs> is... <laughs> Uh, they're in charge of the logistics and they're good at logistics, but they're, uh, I don't know, I'm not necessarily comfortable with them taking a view of anything other than take it as good for you. Mm -hmm. So about, I, I just sort of, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, their name mm -hmm. kind of popped up into my head. And so I went yep. on their, you know, I'm sort of looking and they do animal testing and alternatives, cruelty-free cosmetics animal-free antibiotics. So they do have some information there. So I don't know if they're starting, like I guess we should really lean to the doctors that are in the field, um, like the vegan doctors that we know and see if they're leading any sort of front on this and if they have any inside information or are able to shed any light or get more information on behalf of vegans. Um, I'm not sure what the best strategy is here. I mean, I'm trying to look for groups, but I, needle in a haystack. <laughs> there are a yeah. lot of animal rights groups. There's a lot of vegan uh, groups, but anyone who really does this 
specifically, I, I don't know yet. And I'll keep looking. Sure. I think it definitely is valuable to have a specific group working on this issue because PCRM's resource is a little bit more split. And I, I'm not, I don't know, but I'm not aware that they're doing much more than an organization like PETA that's just saying like, hey, this animal testing is happening and don't support it or here are alternatives rather than actively doing something to make it so that there are alternatives available for the majority of things, or at least the most common diseases and medications. It's probably important to, for us to touch base with these, with both those groups, because they, even if they just publicize the problem we're posing, they're in touch with a lot of people who are not, who might, who might respond with uh, something useful. Because uh-huh. uh, if you just start with the doctors that we know in, around Toronto and, and, and two or three others that have written books, that's a small sampling where, uh, BCRM would put something like that out. A lot more people read it, both doctors and medical research people. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to go back to something that you said, Steve, that when you had uh, your tetanus incident, they gave yeah. you a pamphlet, but you couldn't understand the pamphlet because it was probably meant for doctors to understand. And maybe that's part of the problem is that these pharmaceutical companies are talking to doctors. The only time they try to talk to us directly is with ads that don't really tell you any specifics. I yeah. just kind of go into it'll make you feel better for that particular condition, rather than telling you something a little bit more specific about how the drug operates. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, the, the, that's a big part of the problem, I think. The uh, as far as I could tell from reading it, it wasn't clear whether or not it was vegan. And the doctor, the doctor that was dealing with me, assumed it was that that meant it was vegan fact that it didn't say anything that said to the contrary <laughs> and, and, and he and then he said the uh the cultures things are grown on are usually synthetic these days well synthetic doesn't mean that it's drawn from thin air synthetics are made from something they're synthesized in some into a different form sometimes but the word synthetic uh is too easy a catch-all to accept that way and uh, uh that doesn't really mean that they're made from thin air. Uh-huh. I'm kind of, um, I don't know, I find that idea humorous that the doctor just, the default for the doctor is to think that the medication is vegan. It's like the opposite yeah. of when, you were, when you're eating bread and someone's like, oh, but you're vegan. How could you eat bread? Like when people know so little about even what goes into their food to think that bread isn't vegan or like your average bread is not vegan. But this is like the opposite of it where someone that is knowledgeable thinks that, or somewhat knowledgeable, <laughs> thinks yeah. that medication is by default vegan. Like that, yeah. I don't know, I find that very humorous. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice though, if medication was just by default vegan, just the off ones weren't? Oh yeah, that'd be nice. But uh, <laughs> I, I tend to think the other way around on it. Uh, especially when you think about the cultures things are grown on. I, I don't think he was willing to th- even think about that one because it's not an ingredient. Why would you worry about it? It was his point of view. You're not eating yeah. it? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it comes down to really just supporting that industry, though, right? Yeah, it, you know, if we if we focus on encouraging industries to change their ways to be more compassionate and more thoughtful about where they get their ingredients from. Um, then we're making a difference. And I think that's really what it's about. And so how, yep. 
how do we do that? Is there anyone doing that? Um, so I, like I said, I've reached out to the company already. That one company in particular, that's the Canadian company that... Medicago. You know, yes, Medicago. So, uh, so, sounds like a hybrid of medicine and Chicago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not sure why. <laughs> Going through. Yeah. It, no, it, it's quite innovative what they've decided to do. Um, yeah. And they're, they're, um, I think they're looking to be more sustainable, um, more environmentally friendly. Um, yep. But, but I, that's not the whole process. That's just the initial stage of how they grow the initial vaccine or antivirus or virus, right? So they grow a virus that is similar to the coronavirus, but not exactly like it. And so then they'll inject you with that. So it's very interesting concept, an interesting process, but it doesn't mean that the whole thing is vegan, right? For these very reasons, I think it's important that people consider <clears throat> trying to find vegetarian and vegan doctors uh, as friendly doctors. Uh, you can ask them to to decipher some of this for you. They'll they, uh, you have to get a rapport with the doctor, but they often understand the medical terms and will help you understand them. Uh, this this is not always easy because not a lot of doctors are taking patients right now. So, right. I think those doctors would also be more sympathetic. I think that you could maybe go to non-veg, non-vegan doctors and say, like, I want to know if it's vegan. And they'll just be like, take it for your health. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not always as patient. Yeah. To, to yeah. I, with it, right. Yeah. With the time I had the, uh, the incident this past summer. <clears throat> I was in emergency of a hospital and it was a stat holiday, so there was no way I could consult my doctor on that one. But uh, normally I do that. If, I, if I'm seeing a specialist and they recommend something, I, I go to my family doctor and ask what it's about and whether there's a vegan alternative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We used to have a list at the, at the RC of vegan doctors in Toronto. That list still exists. Mm-hmm. There is, but there's also a website. I think it's just called like vegandoctors.com. I'll put a, a link in the, the okay. show notes and I'll, I'll put a link, the link that uh, Anna had talked about, the wiki page with all the, the vaccines. Cause that, that, thank you for finding that. That was really interesting. Yeah. I'll put that link in the notes as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know how accurate it is. It's a wiki page, but I would hope it's accurate. <laughs> hey, the Wikipedia and community is, is very untouching. <laughs> Okay, the, the uh, Medicago vaccine is not as far along its way with development, so it's going to take some time before they uh, go to uh, clinical trials that are including large enough numbers of people to be able to, be able to get uh, recognition by the powers that be to put them in use. Uh, so we have some time to work on this, but on the other hand, <clears throat> For people that feel vulnerable, are you going to do without a vaccine for long enough to wait to wait and see when this is available? Uh, that that could be an issue for some people. Mm -hmm. just, just raising the, the whole timing issue is strange with this as it's unfolding. Uh, I suppose nobody's really got complete control of it. I think that we can <laughs> maybe revisit this if we any one of us or any one of our listeners um, finds out more information or has more information to share with us and then we can share that again later 
because yeah. I feel like there's still more to be known and maybe there's somebody who listens who knows more than we do who could share that with us or from now till some maybe some very close future date we'll find more information and then we'll share that again that's a good thought Anna. thanks very much for that yeah mm -hmm. I agree. yeah for sure the uh the website name is actually it plant based doctors uh so plantbaseddoctors.org if you are interested and again the link will be in the notes if you don't want to type all that stuff out um so when we're while we're wrapping up this topic i actually want to say two things one i am hopeful because oh i don't know when the ingredient labeling started i think it started in like the 70s and the 80s we used to go into the grocery store and not necessarily know what was in the packages of food that we ate and now it's it's mandatory you know to have ingredients on everything and to have and a lot of companies also put this nutritional labeling on things and maybe that's where the pharmaceutical industry is headed to maybe we'll end up one day living in a world where you pick up a medication and it tells you exactly what into what went into it and what culture they used, um, you know, maybe some more information about how the, the drug tests were done so that we know and we can make informed decisions about the medications that we are taking. So let's, uh, let's hope for things like that. Um, and once again, we are not medical professionals. These are just opinions that we are discussing. Let's talk about some news. So I'm really excited about Perfect Day. I don't know if you remember this company, Steve. It's come up a few times, or they've come up a few times, and we also talked about them when we did the clean meat episode a while back. And this company, what they do is they make milk, but they, they make it, it's real milk, real cow milk, but they're making it from plant ingredients. Um, it's a part of this whole in vitro or clean meat or whatever you want to call it. So anyways, uh, they've had a few ice creams come on the market. Unfortunately, none of them are available in Canada. But if you live in the States, you can order uh, six pints of their ice cream. And um, I'm going to assume that it's going to be yummy. So anyways, we'll put those links. Uh, we'll put that link rather in the show notes. Regardless of the fact that it's not available here, I still think it's really cool that they keep partnering up with companies and companies keep wanting to partner up with them to make uh, this, this vegan ice cream. Hey, we have the holiday market coming up. This is coming up on December 12th and it lasts an entire week. So you get to spread that fun out over a week. There will be a vegan food crawl, online shopping, an online auction, and free virtual cooking demos and talks. So we'll put a link for the Facebook group in the show notes. And also just to let you know, Ali Lazar will be doing a cooking demo on holiday cookies. Tamer Mason on Tropical Meals and Kelly Kerr and Vegan Abler will be making butternut squash mac and cheese and Pamela Ferguson will be there as well discussing food and mental health. Sounds so interesting. You have been listening to Veg Out, the Toronto Vegetarian Podcast brought to you by the Toronto Vegetarian Association. Remember, you can listen to past episodes on our app, The Veg Guide and at veg.ca slash veg out. Find out everything you know about what we do at veg.ca and thanks to matt judge for our theme song until next time veg out oh.